And one of the things we talk about is if we don't give effort, if we're not recognized for effort at the University of Oklahoma, then I'm a con man and they're a fraud. guys welcome to the Oklahoma Breakdown Podcast brought to you guys by SB Nation's Crimson and Cream Machine. I'm your host Kamir Murabi and joined by my co-host Stephen Brown. You guys can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you can get a podcast. Man Stephen, it we're so we're officially back together. The old Rough Rider <laughs> crew officially back together from now till the season and hopefully more seasons in the future um how is life what is what is going on uh, i mean it's still pretty boring i'm still furloughed so um i still got like another two weeks before i get to do anything really exciting what does that mean in two in two to three weeks what's like do you get your job that's like back the expected like return to work okay yeah i mean like so what have you been doing to fill your time a lot of xbox um doing like amazon prime now prime video because i like expired netflix mm-hmm. so uh i mean i watched a couple of movies i watched that new one that came out like the vast of night last night and it was it was pretty interesting so uh a lot of nothing really same same i mean like i have been watching movies I've been reading more books. I guess that's good, right? Reading books is good. Yeah, they say that makes you, like, smarter. Yeah. Uh, trying to stay fit, running and stuff. I went to the zoo <laughs> the other day, and that was, like, that was a weird experience. So I heard it was, like, a toured one now. Like, you have to, like, follow this, like, specific path. Yeah, and you have to, you have to come ahead of time. Like, you have to go and log in what time you are going into the zoo so like for example there's a qr code that you have to scan or you whatever at the zoo you have to go to the website and you have to choose what time you're going to show up at the zoo so they can be aware of you know who's going to be in the zoo and so they can block off other times as well it's a pretty weird situation going down but i mean you know like they say you know stay six feet away from other people but i mean other than who's in your party uh, but you know, when there's a tiger right next to the glass, ain't there's nobody. There's nobody <laughs> listening to that. But uh, yeah, so something we used to do was just, like put a funny story out there before we talk about other random things. So like in you know this weekly stuff that me and Steve are gonna do is we are gonna cover recruiting during the week and then definitely some league news that pops up. And so we would you was funny little story before that so uh this week i thought it was really awesome they uh, mentioned it in the norman transcript actually so it's pretty local the norman school board they held a meeting and it was of course a zoom conference and they were all just like joining and stuff like that but it was like a town hall meeting so they put their join code because with every zoom meeting there's a join code that you can create they put their join code in a public forum where anybody can access it okay and so they're trying to carry on this meeting and all of a sudden some dude randomly hacks into or just probably just has the password gets into their zoom call of like this official business of like who's getting rehired and who's getting money money <laughs> expenditures where and all of a sudden it's this naked dude that like they as the Norman transcript suggested like it's dancing around and doing other suggestive things <laughs> on the Norman school board and I they said everybody was scrambling to turn it off and uh, that they would reconvene that they would reconvene that Zoom meeting I believe the following Monday which I think is just pretty pretty interesting and I mean for some it's like wow that's horrifying and disgusting for me I'm just like well I mean put the password in an open forum and anybody can yeah. get there and see those things so it's it's all kinds of uh it's all kinds of great great stuff going on but yeah i th- thought it was pretty fun. like you have to imagine being the leader of the school board and being the school board members and just seeing that and being like oh my god <laughs> i need to shut this down now so how many people saw it 
Like, were they already, like, live-streaming it? I, you know, so I think they were already live-streaming because I believe either either the school board or somebody else, but the Norman Transcript came out and said, hey, if you happen to take screenshots of what happened, <laughs> you need to delete those ASAP because you could be in possession of child pornography. Oh, okay, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Because the, the guy might have been, like, 16 or 17. I don't It was just like, wow, like... That's a, that's a hell of a, that's a hell of a meeting to have. Like, and, and, and they must have not gotten very far because he just said, you know, yeah, we'll do this on Monday. So, happy school board meeting. It's really, 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 really odd. But yeah. I mean, it's 2020, so. It is 2020. I mean, nothing has really gone right this year. Really. Yeah. Ever since February. Like, January, January was okay, right? No, that was uh, World War Three. Oh, started off hot. That's right, it was. Wow. Yeah, this year it really has sucked, huh? And there was what? Kobe. Kobe in February. Coronavirus. And then, yeah, when COVID 19 started to really get hot around the world outside of China in February, in early March, and then it was just super downhill from there regarding the United <laughs> States. Yeah. Slippery slope sucks man but there's good news because recruiting for the Sooners is seemingly on the up and up especially it being right now it's June 16th which means July 4th is what two and a half weeks away and Somewhere then the the Sooners uh, are definitely anticipating Nathan Rollins Kibonge from I think Portland Oregon from the West Coast to actually, he's set to commit tomorrow at 3 p.m. Pacific time, which means, of course, it'd be 5 p.m. Central Standard Time, and the Sooners are looking for some news there. So let's start talking about recruiting. And the Oklahoma class in general is, it's all right, but people understand that there's a lot of good news on the way within the next month. Would you say that? Oh, definitely on July 4th. So you're looking at uh, maybe a run of four, maybe five recruits somewhere in that range. Yeah, it's it's just like, you know, and we can talk about this right now. Just So July 4th, everybody, several, I don't want to say everybody, but several people expect Caleb Williams to commit to Oklahoma. That's definitely one name. And Bryce Foster has also been another another one of the recruits that has often tweeted out the hot dog, the fireworks emojis. So maybe he's another one. But how many would you definitely expect? Because to me, I'm expecting at the minimum maybe two or three. I don't know the maximum because there's a lot of players that are suggesting like, hey, you know... Uh, there might be a few more players than you think on July 4th, and that's like not that's like, that's just ignoring Nathan Rollins Kabange tomorrow. But how many would you be expecting, and what would be a letdown as far as the number of commitments for Oklahoma? I think a letdown would be two. I think you can definitely get two for sure. If that was like the bottom end, um, you're looking at you know an upwards. I would say like five safe as a max high, maybe six. Uh, but you have all these recruits that um, that are said to be riding this wave of momentum that's supposed to be soon after the Caleb, Caleb Williams uh, announcement. And other names like Jaleel Farouk is another one. He's another right. guy out of that area. Uh, there's a Juco kid. I can't remember his name right now out of the DMV area. Um, oh, he's a, he's a Juco wide receiver that knows Caleb Williams pretty well. Is escaping my name at the moment. But there's a lot of Sooners coming from this Baltimore area because of Caleb Williams. And talking about let's get and let's get back to the commitment that's supposed to happen tomorrow at Nathan Rollins Kabange or NRK. He's a four star prospect according to two four seven sports. I don't I think he might be three stars on rivals. I have no idea. Uh but just but two four seven composite, he is a four star. He's like six foot seven, two hundred and forty something pounds. He'll be like six foot eight by the time he gets to OU. He's a power forward in basketball. That's his sport. And his story behind him is 
he has played organized football one year, and that was last year, and he caught a lot of eyes, and he already got to four stars specifically because of his frame. What else do we need to know about Nathan Rollins Gabonge? Well, I think he's he's one of those guys that just stands out. He has a motor, um, and that's a big deal as far as it comes to like defensive linemen because you've got guys that are real big, but they tend to be, for whatever reason, more on the lazy side. You look at uh, some of the past defensive tackles uh, for OU kind of had that. Um, you even talk about Gallimore, like he had a big motor, but it was only, you know, for one quarter of the game, and then he sits it out. Um, so it really took a while to develop that. So you look at Nathan... Um, six seven, he's a pretty lean guy right now. He's more of a basketball player, like a power forward, than a football player. But uh, you're looking at a guy that can be like six seven, six eight, and maybe two sixty by the time he gets on the campus. And you're looking at maybe another twenty pounds after that. So, um, those are two things that stand out. And he is one hundred percent going to be a strong side defensive end in mm-hmm. Grinch's system, right? He wouldn't. Would do you think he'd be a guy that would also go inside or no I could see them trying it out I think he his high sides on the outside um, but you know with that frame he maxes out at maybe like a 290 um, that fits right up there with what OU's looking at that makes sense and so the Sooners should be looking forward to some pretty good news tomorrow and then then we have this weird saga of Isaiah <laughs> Coe and his commitment to Oklahoma now how it's been phrased to me is that he is committed to Oklahoma and we don't necessarily know that Oklahoma <laughs> is committed to Isaiah Coe. And the, the thing is, Isaiah Coe is one of the top JUCO players in the country. He comes from one of the top JUCO institutions in the country. So you don't want to ruin your, you don't want to burn your bridges with Iowa Western. You don't want to do that, especially when you have Perry and Winfrey, who just came from that institution and has, you know, wants to be a part of this. And right now, like, why, why would the Sooners, why would Alex Grinch and Lincoln Riley not want to take one of the top JUCO defensive linemen in the country? other than they just have several irons in the fire that want to commit, a la Burris, Abiyar, who's still in the fold at Notre Dame, by the way, or Gilliam. Like, why, why is this, what is going on with the, the defensive line in general? I think if they didn't take Winfrey last season, they would definitely take Coe right now. Um, if you take two Juco's, you risk that chance of just log jamming guys. Um you know, maybe guys don't want to develop because they know there's a JUCO guy coming in. He only has two years of eligibility, so he's going to get played right away. Um, so that has a lot to do with it. I'm not sure if Coe's talent um, is in question here. I think he's a great talent, and, I'm, you know, he doesn't have an OU offer without being evaluated. Um, well, committable offer. We'll go committable offer there. Like um, nobody has – Lincoln Riley liked his tweet saying he was committed. Yeah. And several others liked his tweet. I think Annie Hansen was the only one to retweet him. <laughs> but other than that, no, it's really awkward. It's like they're stepping on eggshells around a recruit that is fully committed to OU. He, it's in his header. Yeah. It's, in, it's in everything. And so 247, which is run by CBS, if I'm correct, mm-hmm. they have Isaiah Coe as Oklahoma's eighth commitment. However, Rivals does not have Isaiah Coe as a commitment to Oklahoma because they don't feel like that thing has been affirmed by <laughs> the Oklahoma coaches because you didn't see, you didn't see, you know, Jamar Kane or you didn't see Calvin Thibodeau say, Oh, war daddy alert. You know, you didn't see any of that. It's been so awkward and so quiet and people are still stepping on eggshells because of co. So what happens at the end of the season, if Burris, Abiara, and Gilliam are all willing to commit to Oklahoma, does Coe get kind of like that? What what Oklahoma got for Orlando Brown at the end? Just get booted and go to somewhere else? Um, that's a good question. I don't think I would think they would let Coe know right away um, if they were going to land those four. Um, you know, you don't have a spot here. Um, right now, I'm not sure if that's being communicated, and maybe they're just kind of mm. figuring things out. Um, maybe he didn't tell the staff that he wanted to commit, and he just kind of announced it. So uh, it will be interesting. If that does happen, I would see, you know, numbers-wise, codes out on that. 
do you think Oklahoma would at all try this year to? Of course, they would. Pro, they're going to process more individuals. Do you think they would maybe process try to process another individual to make a spot for Co? I mean, he is a JUCO guy. I believe he has what four years to play three. I think so. So, do you think that they would maybe oh, no, process he'll be a, a guy? three to play two? Three to play two. Okay. Yeah. Do you think they maybe process a guy in favor of Co? Or do you think because this is not Kansas State, this is not West Virginia, that you're not trying to operate off of junior college prospects no matter how highly rated they are? I can't see them really booting anybody away um, for that. He's just not a guy. I mean, he's a, he's a great talent. You'd love to have him. Uh-huh. But, you know, he's not a five-star guy. Right. Like, you just don't – you can't live without him. Oh, you can live without him right now. That's fair. So, Christian, moving on to another guy that we've talked about several times and actually was a was in the fold, according to others at one point. Christian Leary, once a part of the Sirius 3, which I I think I, it's fair to say would be, what, Kamar Wheaton, Caleb Williams, and Christian Leary, right? Or no, it was... Right. Was it Kamar Wheaton or was it Mario? It was uh, Mario Williams. Mario, both the Williams yeah. and Leary. And... Now, Christian Leary is trending to Florida in kind of it's a Bama-Florida battle. So Oklahoma is definitely going to be looking to replace Christian Leary. And so who they, who might they look into a direction other than Emeka is it Ogbuga? Ogbuga, Ogbuga, yeah. <laughs> from the West Coast. You know, who, who else would they be looking to replace him with? I think you named it before with Jalil Farouk. Uh, yeah, he was same the first area as Caleb popped Williams. Up, right? Yeah. And, I mean, OU's been recruiting him separately, but, you know, once the Caleb Williams uh, connection came in, it kind of kicked it off there. So he's definitely a guy. Um, I think he sees himself as maybe uh, wanting to be the next C.D. Lamb. He kind of fits that profile as well as, as far as the body type. Um, so he'd be the immediate connection, and I think OU is in a great spot for that. Um, you look at like Sturdivant, um, a little bit farther down the line. I think OU kind of has shifted back in his recruitment a little bit. But, you know, um, with Leary seemingly out, do they go back in? Do they recruit him? Um, try to make a run late. Yeah, and because Lincoln, he never leaves recruits out in the cold. He's always seemingly there. And, I mean, like C.D. Lamb, yeah. he committed to OU and then decommitted, and OU kept kept tabs on him while cd lamb went and take took visited visits to like texas a&m or wherever else he wanted to go and eventually oklahoma got him back in the fold and I mean, it turned out it's a fantastic thing because oklahoma maximizes talent and to see you know christian leary once he started wavering all of a sudden you started to see a lot of steam to pick up on julio farouk and that's not that is not a coincidence. It's like, oh, wow, Oklahoma's offering another wide receiver. Like, no, there's a, there's reasons for that. For example, like, there's just, just as if Caleb Williams, for some reason, if Oklahoma decided to pick up more steam with um, Brock Vandergriff again, people should probably start getting concerned about Caleb Williams being in the fold, you know? It's, it's simple things like that that are simple numbers that it's not just a shifting of, like, ideologies. It's simply that, hey, you know what? Uh, this guy probably isn't going to make it, so we're going to start shifting our focus over to this guy right here, which makes a lot of sense. So, 4th of July fireworks. You mentioned maybe upwards of five guys, as at least as many as two. Who are you optimistic about other than you know Caleb Williams Caleb Williams is definitely one of them who are some of the other names that you're optimistic about over the next two and a half weeks on Independence Day I think you have to look at Bryce Foster I know he's kind of uh, said he wants to um, kind of trail out his recruitment a little bit maybe take some visits um, especially being a track guy um, I think he wants to visit Oregon but um, I would look at him and maybe just you know Spur of the moment, he has been one of the guys that tweet out the hot dogs and the fireworks, mm-hmm. so I think you have to look immediately there. Um, Jalil Farouk, I think him and uh, Caleb Williams have been working out together, so maybe um, maybe they get out together and they're working on a dual announcement, something like that. So those would be the immediate two. Um, I guess you could say maybe Kamar Wheaton jumps in there finally. Uh, that would be about it. Kamar Wheaton's been relatively silent, like, 
especially when you have guys like Farouk, Caleb Williams, and others. And Williams wanted to be mm-hmm. in in Norman. He wanted to make a video, you know, just like a lot of other recruits they want to do. He wanted to be in Norman to make his commitment video, maybe with Jula Farouk, because they are friends. And I know that uh, Joseph Wette is really good friends with Caleb Williams, and they've been working right. out together, you know. And so it all just fits so well and so naturally for Caleb Williams to go to Norman. And Farouk as well. And I'm just trying to think of others where Caleb, where Kamar Wheaton has been relatively silent. And, you know, Kamar Wheaton had a hell of a, had a hell of a four day period right before <laughs> COVID-19 kicked off. He went and visited Oklahoma March 9th. He went and visited Texas March 10th. And on March 12th, he was in Dallas visiting SMU in the 13th all the shit shut down. So he had three unofficial <laughs> visits back to back to back, and then everything is done. So if people are wondering, well, why is he looking at just those three schools? I know he's a, from he's a, he's a Texas kid, but why are they looking at these three schools? Well, I mean, this is why. And so SMU, seemingly what I, what I've heard and what I'm sure you've heard is is like is actually like a dark horse, and it seems like Oklahoma's first. Texas is second, but SMU is not far behind at all for his services in second. Maybe he's like two A, two B. And what is I can't, I can't get my mind wrapped around Kamar Wheaton and the skills he brings to the table. Other than he has an immaculate one cut abilities and he has an immaculate ability to floor it once he hits the open field once he gets an opening it kind of reminds me of a little bit of rodney anderson as far as running style well he's not going to juke you out of your shoes he can use his hands but once he's able to one cut you he can go is there any other comparison or any other guy that he reminds you of uh i think he reminds you a lot of ronald jones honestly uh more like the usc years not really the nfl kind of seasons but uh, a guy that can obviously he has a the next gear that OU there's not an OU back right now that we know of um that really kind of shows that hmm. and you, you have like Mixon you had Rodney and then it kind of dropped off as far as like overall top end speed and um, Oklahoma so he's another guy that can just yeah just break Oklahoma it open. hasn't had a five-star recruited running back since Joe Mixon <laughs> and that was right after the yeah. Sugar Bowl that Bob won against Alabama and so it's, it's been a while do you, do you think Kamar Whedon is a type of running back that is going to be special like a Joe Mixon or like a Rodney Anderson or do you think he's kind of a guy that's like a Samaj P. Ryan where he's got great talent and skill but he may be not necessarily upper echelon of Adrian Peterson who wasn't necessarily the high skill athlete but he's a very high skill player of course whereas DeMarco Murray's a very high skill athlete for the modern game maybe that's what I mean because Adrian Peterson's a high school athlete but Marco Murray, Joe Mixon, those guys come from the same vein. Do you think that Kamar Whedon is of the upper echelon talent? Or do you think he might be a step down to where maybe like Rodney Anderson is, Samaj P. Ryan is, to being a really, really good running back, uh, but not, you know, just above average? I think he'd be closer to, there's that little voice crack. It's like the allergies. Yep. Uh I think he'd be closer to like a Mixon type. I don't know if he's there. I'd put him like maybe a little bit above Rodney because okay. Rodney looked like a guy for a while. Yeah, I mean he he's looked like that guy. And, yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, he's like three like devastating injuries he was in like, a row. What? What he? Like, he <laughs> broke his like he broke his neck. He broke his leg, and then he tore an ACL. It's like ankle. Like, yeah, geez, like, it's like gosh. And he's gonna. And all three <laughs> running backs, Mixon, P. Ryan, and Anderson, are all in the Cincinnati backfield right now. That's gonna be. Their one's gonna get cut. There's yeah. no way they keep all three. That'll be fun to watch. I guess. Uh, I guess Christian Leary just committed to Alabama. So there it is. that Florida Alabama thing has taken shape. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, Texas gets yeah. two high-profile defensive backs in one day on Monday. Then they have their coach like. <laughs> They had their their coach tries to Roy Manning it, but he just kept on, keeps on saying hook him to really old school rap, which I'm cool with because I like old school hip hop. But he just kept on saying hook him, and it was, seemed very Roy Manning ish. But I'm just thankful that the uh, Brian Carrington didn't talk about the 
Brian Carrington didn't tweet about, you know, the power <laughs> shift that hasn't been able to come to Texas yet. But Texas gets two high-profile defensive backs, but Oklahoma has yet to get even the high-profile defensive backs from their own state. And they've got Jordan Mukes. They've got him tabbed. But they haven't gotten Kendall Daniels yet. And is there any worry for Sooners here, for Sooner fans, and for Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch? Is there any worry about Oklahoma and their defensive backs recruiting? Or should they feel relatively comfortable? You should feel relatively comfortable. Um, you still have Latrell McCutcheon out there. Um, obviously, you have who the told Texas state. to take his offer to take their offer back, <laughs> which is fantastic. Um, Latrell McCutcheon, Prophet Brown's another name out there. Um, out of I think California, he looks more to be like a like a nickelback, maybe like a safety. Um, but you know, we'll probably offer him at whatever they take. And then you've got uh, Damon David um, out of the DMC area, which is another guy that looks to be. He's a little bit underrated right now. Like he's like a mid three star, but I could see him kind of creeping up into that fringe four. Okay. Um, big dude works out with Caleb Williams, uh, so that's another one of those connections. Man, I saw Prophet Brown's tape, and he is primarily a running back. Right. So uh, you, you look at his huddle film. You're not going to see that much of his skills at defensive back. Um, but you will see his athletic specimen on tape and his explosion, his ability to high point the ball, his ability, his just overall awareness is pretty incredible. And I think Prophet Brown, not only is his name really, really cool, of course, uh, but, I mean, I think he'd be a big pickup for the Sooners. And, again, mm. they're not picking up guys that are shorter than five foot eleven. They want guys that are about six feet or six feet in, tall in, in cleats, and they want dudes with long arms everywhere all over the field on the defense because passing lanes and keeping press available for Alex Grinch and just disrupting all the passing lanes available. So, like, comfort level. Let's say 10, you're super comfortable. One, maybe uh, press the alert button. What would you put it at for Oklahoma Sooners defensive recruiting in general? Uh, I'd put like a, maybe like a 5.5 or a 6. I don't think there's really anything to worry about. Um, now, is it going to like just reach your expectations? Maybe not. Um, but they're putting together like a, a pretty solid class. I think it's probably going to rank up in the end of the rankings. I think so too. Like I think if things fall into place like they should, Oklahoma is more likely to end up with a maybe top 5 or 6 class than they are somewhere between 7 and 15. Right. So that's, of course, duh, good news. And if you, especially if you keep on galloping in all this high-end defensive talent, I mean, if that's that's good news to anybody's ears, especially if you've watched 2015 through 2018, where Oklahoma <laughs> has effectively wasted Didn't years defense. and years of immaculate offensive play just to see the defense let them down, of course. Um, but league news, man. And just this can be like general notes, but it's really just league news. Mike Gundy, that whole saga is just a complete shitstorm. And I just remember seeing the picture of him wearing an OAN shirt, which is what is it? One, what is what is One it? One America. One America News or One Network, America Network, I guess. or something. Like, I don't know. And. And like I'm not surprised yeah. by that at all. Just by look, just by knowing Mike Gundy, and of, of course several of the past instances. Like I'm not surprised by what he's wearing or what he says. You know, he's he's very unapologetic by everything. He's more of a guy that apologizes for you being offended, but not what he actually says. Of course, he's done that several times. And then his Heisman caliber running back from Canada, Chuba Hubbard, tweets out, you know, hey. We're not. He basically he says we're not going to do this. Like I'm, he's standing up for himself, which you know, as an athlete, I think that's a really awesome of him to do. I mean, he's standing up for himself, and I took a nap, and then I woke up, and it was a total shitstorm <laughs> of people quoting Chuba Hubbard and saying they've got his back. Of course, these are former athletes, 
former Oklahoma State grads like Justice Hill and several others and even current athletes at Oklahoma State saying, you know, they're not going to take what that means. And and then, of course, you have a bunch of racists in the replies, and it's not any fun going on down there. And then it then it got more weird because Holder says, oh, man, this is a this is a grave situation. And people started to think, <laughs> oh, Gundy is going to get fired by the weekend. And I was like, oh, this is this is good. This is fun. And uh, then the video comes out between Chuba and Gundy. And uh, it, take me step by step of this video how you viewed it. It was, I mean, it was just awkward. It was like, uh, first of all, you mentioned before they did it right in front of like cowboy culture, the, their big <laughs> sign in there, but they didn't even like center it right. Um, so like just the setting already was weird, and then you have Mike Gundy kind of like staring into the camera, or staring above the camera like he's reading something. And uh, it was like almost like like scripted. And he's like, all right, and then point to Chuba. And then, you know, Chuba talks, and I don't know what. He just, I don't know even what. Do you know why they made him apologize? Was it just because he didn't get through the right channels? I, I don't know. Chuba, I, I can't tell if it was, I can't tell. if it's a, It's like one of those things where, maybe you called out somebody and you just want to be courteous and say you know what i'm sorry for not coming to you for you know what i mean like you don't want that person you don't want that person to feel totally terrible about themselves and even though like you basically called out somebody and you don't want to be that asshole that's like hey i'm calling you out for being what i think is maybe a racist and uh, but then you say, oh, well, man, you know, you know what? In the end, it was my fault. I shouldn't have done that on Twitter. I should have just come to you like a man. It has that vibe to it where Chuba maybe was going to think about saying that in general anyways. And he and he's put that out there either because they said, hey, we should both say that and let it like let's say our piece and make something else up the next day like they did. But it felt really weird, and the part that made me feel most weird wasn't what Gundy said, because he was like, yeah, we're going to change moving forward, and I was like, what's that mean for Gundy? He's just going to be less insufferable during the season? Like, like, what's that mean? He's a PR uh, guy. I just don't know what that means. Like, oh, we're gonna, I'm gonna change going forward. Like, what are you gonna do? Not wear that shirt now? And like, how do you even get that shirt? Do you like, are you just a frequent watcher? And I don't. <laughs> that's like, what I that's, thought. That's my thing. Like, is it? A, it might have been a gift. Who knows? It might have been a fishing. Like, he was on Texoma, so it might have been a fishing shirt. He's like, oh, you know, somebody gave it to me, so I'm gonna wear it. Who knows? And Chuba apologized for saying he should have just gone face to face like a man, which it, that's commendable and that sounds like a very Chuba Hubbard thing to do, especially when you see the statement he put out today. That just seems like a Chuba Hubbard thing to do, and you gotta appreciate him for that. And then, but then it got really weird. Like I don't even think that the majority of that was weird. It was definitely staged. The whole like <laughs> Mike Gundy apologized. And then he points at Chuba, says, like, all right, your turn. And I was like, okay, this is weird. <laughs> and then after Chuba gets done, they they just immediately look at each other and they dap each other up. And that's the video. Like, why are you dapping each other? Like, whose idea was it to, like, be like, all right, homie, like, dap each other up? Like, what are you doing? That made the entire video way more awkward and seem like a hostage situation than anything else. Ugh. That, was, that was just so cringy. It was, it was it's, like a it's high Mike school, Gundy, like movie you would make with your friends. That, yeah, it's <laughs> it's one of those things that you would make that for class, where it's scripted and totally just like you know it. It's just like you have an outline. I need to say these words. All right, your turn. And instead of just being very organic and saying what's on your mind and what's on your heart, these guys clearly had something they wanted to say i think chuba hubbard literally just said what he was thinking the first time like you know i should just come to you like a man but mike gundy's like reading off the teleprompter and the behind them <laughs> and then he's like all right dap it up homie and it's like what the heck is going you think you had on? to ask what that meant it's like, what's dap it up and his like, sons that are in high school football mike just turn over there and give him a handshake or i guess or his youngest son is now at osu right i think so like so he's been around his Do you have one kids. more in high school yeah. He's got to know. 
he, he he's his his son's been around athletes. They have to know what dapping it up is. I mean, he he's around he's around black men as a job. He has to know what dapping it up is. <laughs> but it reminds me of that video when former President Barack Obama was walking in Team USA's locker room. Do you know what video I'm talking about? Uh, I think so. Like Barack Obama is walking in to oh, yeah, yeah, Team yeah. USA okay. basketball, and he goes to the coaches. Like, and these coaches are white, and he's like shaking their hands, firm, firm handshake, and then all of a sudden he gets the KD, and he like daps him up, and <laughs> dude, it's <laughs> the funniest thing. Oh gosh, but yeah, it was just a really weird. And then Chuba sent uh, puts out a statement. I think it's the same day, that same evening, or it might have been the next day. And it was very eloquent, very, very articulate, something that you would expect from Chuba Hubbard. Really respect that from him. And then Mike Gundy, I think around 4.30, Mike Gundy around 4.30 then decides to put out his own video, and it was incredibly awkward. Like, I could not, I couldn't, I, I just felt so uncomfortable, but I thought it was a really good start did you see the doug doug gottlieb stuff today <laughs> yeah um the, the list of demands yeah it was like the, what was it, like music earrings yeah it was no derogatory music and it was like toward women and other races and one was earrings like you said and then a couple of them were kind of like vague one was well one was sagging pants it's like okay, that's not vague Another one was uh, no do rags, which I thought was really in. I for some I want to know this. <laughs> People said it's a really big deal that Oklahoma State let Chuba Hubbard wear his do rag in the video with Mike Gundy. Why is that? Maybe a big there's deal? something to Gottlieb. I don't know. And then another one, which I thought was interesting, was hair. It just said hair. <laughs> So I, maybe they're not allowed to have out of hair, or maybe they're not allowed to have certain hairstyles. But Bullets regardless, only. a lot of like Tylen Wallace and a lot of other high-profile athletes on the campus right now told Doug that he had no idea what the hell he was talking about. Yeah, I mean Doug's just kind of out there. I feel like right now he does he doesn't serve a purpose. If Doug Gottlieb told me that water was wet and fire was hot. I'd get a second opinion from Dean Blevins. Oh, and geez. then I would get a third opinion from somebody else. Like, if you believe Traber. anything... Oh, gosh. If you believe anything you hear from Doug Gottlieb, get a second opinion. <laughs> Jeez. Like, how how in the world? So, of course, like, he's just like, oh, some people make mistakes and da 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 I was like, shut up, Doug. Nobody cares. And, of course, everybody's going to ratio him with fraudulent credit card usage i did too you know it's fun uh but it's like doug shut up nobody cares you put you put together two staffs to be the head coach at osu basketball and you weren't (laughs) even hired yet like what are you doing shut up go do something else and he was good originally he used to be he used to be on the sports animal with Traper right. and those folks. He used to be actually a good dude in that facet, but now he just sucks. And maybe it's because we actually have to hear him talk more. I wonder if he's burned some bridges. Those like sources aren't as good, so he it's just true. jumps at everything. It's like a Chris Broussard when he yeah. said uh, <laughs> when he said Mark Cuban was like crying on, on his phone trying to find out where uh, DeAndre Jordan was living in Dallas or Houston. And Cuban tweeted back at him, was like, hey, jackass, I know where he lives. And then Broussard was like, oh, this is awkward. Like, Doug just needs to shut up. So a bunch of OSU stuff, I mean, you love to see it. It's funny. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I was enjoying it. I got my popcorn out. Um, but, yeah, just a bunch of o- OSU stuff. And uh, between Gundy and Gottlieb, I mean, you got you got to love it. You have to love it. But on a more serious note several states and it's like now it's trending in a different direction early covid states in march and uh april and even early may were big cities uh new york um and in other other like coastal cities i guess you might say with massive city like new york city 
uh, San Francisco, Seattle, etc. Okay, and now you're seeing several states surging in COVID that aren't like so. You're seeing them. Oklahoma's already passed the peak that they had in April, and Oklahoma and Texas is surging. Arizona is in a really bad, bad shape. Like they are in really, really bad. It, they are calling that an epidemic, uh, epidemic center because they are in a far worse place than brazil peru and several other places in south america is right now and they're just like a lot of these states you can pinpoint the specific dates in which they started opening like a soft open a medium open and then a hard open of all these things and it's gotten bad pretty quickly and because you know in doctors and epidemiologists and virologists they can all get out here and say hey you know it wasn't because of this. It was because of this. But the, the the truth is always somewhere in the middle. It's always somewhere in the middle as far as what caused all these cases and hospitalizations, especially in Arizona, which is just – it's a really bad case right now. They're, they are swamped, and they are really in the weeds. And, um, you know, you start to wonder about, you know, sports. And it seems like now because Texas has had, like, their a high 9 out of 10 days, I think. And it's just to keep on surging in different places in high schools that just have, have to cancel practice randomly in the middle because somebody had gotten sick. And it's just, I don't, I, you look at that for high school, you look at what Houston did for COVID in general, which was, oh yeah, we're not going to test our players when they get back. Just if you don't, if they look sick, we're going to, then we'll test them. Like, no, like that's, that's no, it's not how this works. And you just look at this and you say, wow, like things are getting a lot worse really, really fast. In a matter of a week, it got rapidly worse and immensely worse. And so now the doubt of sports starts to creep back in your mind, especially football in Texas. If they are really messing with the UIL in Texas and they're starting to have second thoughts, we got some issues. So... I think sports being in jeopardy is creeping back into the minds of several people. It's definitely creeping in the back of my mind as well. To you, Stephen, what is the percent chance that there are sports in the fall as of right now, it being halfway through June? I'll go... I'll go like uh, 70% right now. I think it's going to happen. I just don't know how... Um, what they're going to do with, with fans. I kind of thought... Um, you know, because it was pretty quiet here in Oklahoma, so you know maybe they they allow you know twenty percent, thirty percent of fans in. Now I just think it's it's gonna be none. Is but I think they'll play. I'm not sure if they'll play their out of conference games, um, neutral site like you mentioned. Uh, but I think it will happen. Just for how long? Surely the big question. What about high school sports? That's turning towards no for me. If it gets if it gets bad in here in Oklahoma, there's just no way they're gonna let teams travel across the state. And so I'm saying, I just I don't I don't I can't see it happening right now. I mean, and I know like it's June 16th, and a lot of these students, a lot of these kids, you know, in high school, they should have just gotten out for the semester two and a half weeks ago, you know. So it seems like wow, it's June, it's already June 16th, but in, in the retrospect of things, hell, it's it's just June 16th. You might look at this july 15th and then start making a lot more heavy decisions because then by july 15th you have two weeks till august but it just right now it just seems that jeopardy is creeping in the back of your mind of are we gonna have sports are we not gonna have sports what's that gonna look like and you know i could see there being fans in college football i could see there being a maximum of like thirty thousand, and they have to be spread throughout the entire stadium uh of in oklahoma uh, gaylord family memorial stadium wherever you want to call it owen field i could see them forcibly mandating masks in the stadium and if you do not want to wear your mask you can walk your happy ass right back out the stadium and you know gary from binger is gonna be pissed <laughs> but you know what Gary's going to wear that damn mask if he wants to watch the football game. And, you know, people are going to try to be clever, and they're going to be like, well, I'm going to take it off as soon as I get in the stadium. I have a suspicion that, yeah, you know what? Nope, that's not going to happen because there are going to be those 
guards that they would typically have student guards uh, police in the student section to make sure you didn't bring alcohol in the stadium, which never happened because, well, it <laughs> did happen all the time, actually. Uh, but they didn't really stop anybody unless you were that person. And I foresee maybe somebody doing that except with face masks and be like, hey, yo, put your mask back on. Like, if you want to stay in this game, you have to be wearing a mask. Right. And somebody's going to complain about their freedoms being violated. And it's just like, shut the hell up. It's a pandemic. It's a deadly virus. Just, just cooperate. Like the rest of the developed world, just cooperate and everything will be fine. Enjoy your football. I'm sorry you cannot eat your chicken fingers right now. And so, right, I would agree. I think there's sports in the fall still, but that doubt as you know, as the weeks go on, and um, I'm trying not to get political, but as, but as weeks go on, you, know, you see governors and you see you know other mayors starting to say, you know what, like. We might have to dial. We might have to dial back on this. Like Mayor of Norman, Bria Clark was like, "Hey, you know, we might have to dial back on all the stuff." So it's starting to creep in the back of your mind for high, for high school athletics, definitely, because these are high school kids. These high school kids are not signing waivers to play football in case they get COVID. Right. These, and what if schools don't even open for like a month? Yeah. And so I, I have no idea what any of this looks like. So, in other news, what is Aggie doing? What is Texas A&M doing on their campus where you have one population on the right saying Aggie traditions and you have another population on the left saying, you know what, we should take these down because these guys are relatively racist and supported slavery and several other things. What What is going on? Like, do you, I mean, I don't know if I have the whole story. I just saw the video. And I saw what Kersey was talking about, but I don't know the full story behind it. Do you know much more about it than I do? It's the the statue is like the Civil War general, whatever. I forgot his name, but uh, I guess I don't know. I feel like there's two sides. I feel like there's the Aggie fans, which is like a relatively younger mm-hmm. group, and I feel like you have Aggie cult which is like Tex Ags and all their fans. And, the, you know, one side wants the statue there because it's always been there. And one side wants it's gone because it's just a symbol of racism. I mean, it, that's it's not that hard to understand. Just take the statue down, put something else, put a Manziel statue there. Yeah. I saw a post on, uh, might have been Reddit, that they said they should just take all the statues down uh, and replace them with Bucky's statues. I'd be for that. I'd be for that too. It's fantastic. Bucky's is wonderful. When's the last time you went to a Bucky's? Probably October or so. What'd I'd you make get? like a special stop. Uh, I got some shirts. Um, I think we got some white claws for oh, there. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, a uh, bunch of snacks. I mean, it's like on cue, but much better. But like twenty times better. Yeah, it's probably the best gas station I've ever been to in my life. It's like a grocery store. It really and a gas is. Station. And they can have like you can get you can get like actually pretty decent barbecue and mm-hmm. all the sea salted caramel and everything else. It's fantastic. I make sure to make my stops at Bucky's when I'm in Texas. So or just put one in Oklahoma. That too. That would always work. <clears throat> There's one in Denton, by the way, for people listening. Right. So it's pretty close. Uh blue trip ratio. That we we've talked about blue chip ratio quite a bit for some reason. I I remember somebody telling us we should pay attention to the blue chip blue chip ratio. Very original idea. Yeah, and uh, turns out stars matter. Who <laughs> would have thought? I had no idea that getting more five stars than three star but five star hearts was a big deal. So for example, Alabama, Georgia, for some reason Georgia by the way, and Ohio State. All 80% and above, their roster's filled with four-star and above guys. Texas, and here's like the next tier, which is like a rough shot of teams. Texas, LSU, Oklahoma, Clemson, and Florida, all about 64-63% of blue chip ratio. And then there's just another drop-off. 
Now, knowing what you know about Oklahoma today and knowing what you know about them with the link-up 21 class for 2021, that ratio is going to increase going upward for Oklahoma. Do you think Oklahoma can win a title in the next few years? Oh, definitely. I mean, their talent's only gone up. It's just it's a little young right now, so you don't really see it. It's not as apparent, um, especially in the offensive line and defensive line. But, uh, you know, as you surround these guys, surround these quarterbacks like Caleb Williams um, with, you know, other four-star, five-star guys, they're going to eventually pop, you know, get over that hill of a semifinal and then eventually a championship. Right. It makes sense. Like, And people forget Clemson has always been this. <coughs> They're kind me. of an outlier. Yeah. Clemson, they won their national title when their blue chip ratio was like in either like 61% or in barely over 50 something percent. And Oklahoma has actually eclipsed Clemson a couple times in the past uh, five years that they had a higher blue chip ratio than Clemson did, but Clemson, because of how they played defense and how they found guys in the rough, like, tra- uh, like Etienne, he was a three-star guy out of Louisiana that LSU didn't want. And so now he, he's going to go high in the draft the next time, or well, he's going to be one of the better running backs to take. I wouldn't say high in the draft. And they've just had really good athletes in specific positions and top quarterbacks because good defense and immaculate quarterback play will win you a ton of games. Oklahoma had immaculate quarterback play for four years, save 2019, and it got them to the semifinals, and it really could have got them over the hump if the defense just had a pulse. And that's what Clemson's been doing. Play good defense, have great quarterback play, and it's worked out incredibly well for them. So do you think Oklahoma can... Do you think Oklahoma gets the championship game with Spencer Rattler, or do you think that's a thing that happens to them when they have Caleb Williams? I think they can get to the championship game with, with Spencer Rattler. I think so. Within, you know, what's that, three, two to three years? Yes. So I think they're obvi- they're in that range. Okay. Um, especially if you give them another year to kind of gel and, and develop, they're in that range. I think I think so, too. I think... I think the championship window, of course, I think it's closed this year, especially with COVID and all that stuff. Like everything's going to be moot unless OU wins, and it's totally fair game, and OU deserves that title. <laughs> but um, twenty twenty one moving forward, I think that I really think that their championship window opens because now you have Jaden Hazelwood off injury, Theo Weiss, Trajan Bridges. The offense is just there, and then. Right. You have another year in Grinch's system with high-quality athletes that he actually recruited, not using Mike Stoops' players and actually making them actually play really high-level defense. So I think the next, I think 2021 on can be really special for Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch. Now, Lincoln Riley's predecessor, (laughs) Bob Stoops. Remember they used to call him Big Game Bob in 2000 and 2001? And then that moniker, that moniker just went away. Riverboat, yeah, the Riverboat Gambler. And then he stopped gambling. And then, uh, actually, he didn't stop gambling in the casinos. He stopped gambling on the field. Uh, <laughs> but he is, um, he made it to several championship games. He got over the hump once in his second year. Uh, but he's actually on the Hall of Fame ballot with Gary Pinkle. How do you feel about that? I don't mind it. I think Bob's impacted Oklahoma. Um, even, you know, if you add those bad years, it was, it was pretty substantial. I think he deserves it. But uh, do you think he deserves I don't know if he's a, a statue in front of the, the stadium deserve. I mean, he already has the statue. I like can always tear it down. I mean, <laughs> he wouldn't. De- I, don't, I don't think he would deserve a statue in front of a stadium entrance, but he already does. But I, I think... That's more of a Bud Wilkinson thing, right? Right. He's, and a Barry Switzer thing. I think, I mean, if you put them all together, then that, that'd be fine. That'd be okay. Um, maybe just Lincoln singled Riley out. will have it. But, like, let's say Lincoln Riley wins a national title. Mm-hmm. And let's say he wins actually two national titles over the next, let's say he stays at Oklahoma for another four or five years. So his career is a lot shorter than Bob's from 99 to 2000 and what, 17? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, who's going to go down as a better coach in Oklahoma history? Bob I think it would be Lincoln Riley. You think so? Oh, yeah. Because Bob's take... biggest knock is he only won one championship and then kind of coasted. Whereas Lincoln, you know, right out of the gate, goes to three straight college football playoffs with three different quarterbacks and then finally gets over the hump once he fires the predecessor's brother <laughs> and then wins two in five years and hops off. So basically in 10 years, wow, not 10 years, like seven years, Lincoln gets two. Yeah, I think he, uh, he'll be regarded better than Bob, but I'm not, I'm not sure if he gets the statue. Do you think his legacy wouldn't be there because he didn't stay as long? Yeah, that's what I was thinking, because Bob was there for forever. Almost too long for some Beca- people. Yeah, <laughs> became the face of that program and just stayed there forever without, you know, It's ever better than improving. what's happening at Iowa right now. It's Kirk a little bit Ferentz. better. My goodness. Have you seen but, all the stuff happening at Iowa? <laughs> I watched Man. the Kurt Ferentz, like, press conference. It's apology. bad. Like, all these foreign players come out and saying, like, yeah, you wouldn't have fun if you were not a white player in Iowa. It was not good. And, like, then all the other players formerly from Iowa, it was very uncomfortable and really, honestly, kind of sad and depressing reading that stuff. It's like, wow, like, I knew Iowa was, like, corn backwoods country, but I didn't know, like, it was like that. Um, so that's that's really kind of messed up. So Bob is, uh, yeah, Bob is, you know, he had his time in the XFL. Um, he's on a short list of coaches, you know, uh, that may, might want to hire somebody else. I don't. Bob's not done coaching. I don't think he just wants to sport a vodka and alcohol for the rest of his life. Yeah, it seems like he got bored pretty quick. Yeah, he did. He he grew a goatee. You know? He also got a little bit healthier though. So. He did. He did. So, lastly, before we get out of here, because we've both had a lot of downtime since really March. What are some new movies or some new shows you've really adopted to your own liking or maybe some things you've tried out that you liked? Uh, I binge-watched all the all the Harry Potters because of HBO Max. HBO Max, yeah? Yeah, binge-watched all the Potters. Um, I'm starting to go through... I'm trying to go through the Avengers thing. I, I did that. I did the same thing. I did the Avengers thing, and I did the Harry Potter thing pretty quickly. Because I didn't really watch anything but the actual Avengers movies and like some Iron Man movies but I didn't go back and like watch because I didn't really know where all these characters came from yeah, so that's, that's one thing I'm revisiting any new video games or no? Uh, whatever's on Game Pass I've been playing Call of Duty a lot Duty. yeah that's fair but uh, that's about it sounds like we have been doing very similar things without realizing it I think a lot of people yeah, are doing similar things, to be quite frank, though. But anyways, I mean, so the reason why we started this podcast was because, I mean, Steven was supposed to be with us for post-game this coming year, but I said, hey, let's do a weekly thing, too, where we're just going to talk about recruiting and league news and just other random things, too. And so this podcast with me and Steven, which is the old crew back together, is going to be a normal thing every week. And hopefully there's definitely going to be a season so we can talk more about football as the season goes on. And really just this really, man, it's just good to podcast regularly with you once again, um, because we, oh geez, we did this since 2015. So I yeah. feel like the social cues are totally there. And it's just <laughs> yeah. so easy and it's so effortless. So I'm really glad that we can do this back together and it makes such a smooth transition into the season. And I'm really glad to have you back. I appreciate, I appreciate you, you know, uh, kind of walking me through it and, and then inviting me on, uh, during the, basically the off season. So, um, yeah, it's good to be here, but tell everybody where they could find any of the things in the discord and all the things we always used to say, so we can get that settled. <laughs> So uh, you can find me on Twitter. That's where I'm at a lot. Um, it's at OU Updated SB. Um, you can also you know join Discord. I put out links a lot, and if you ever need one, just DM me. I can send them out. Um, so that's where a lot of the community is. Um, we have over a hundred members. So um, a lot of football talk, a lot of recruiting talk, and a bunch of kind of just random stuff. So yeah, it's fun. It's it, there's it, the Discord never stops. It's always there. 
and a ton, a ton of different threads. And then when the new season starts, you have to delete all those old game threads and reopen other game threads. And it'll be a mess, but it's always good times, especially on game days and, you know, post games and pre game and just meltdowns during the games. It's all fantastic. So definitely go give Steven a follow. You know, old crew's back together, joining the new crew. It's pretty exciting what's happening here. And, uh, we will be sure to, you know, take your guys' Twitter questions in the future and Discord questions. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. And, you know, I'm at KMRobbyCCM. You know, check out CrimsonCreamMachine.com and give us a five-star review on iTunes or check us out on Spotify. And if you give us a review, it lets us it lets more people see it because they say, oh, this podcast is getting more attention. So really appreciate all of you guys actually for listening to podcasts, sticking with us during a pandemic and you know just really appreciate everybody staying with us and downloads are going back up because everybody's able to go work again so it's fantastic and we will check you guys later